Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled, I have poured out my soul before the Lord. It shall be focused on 1 Samuel chapter 1. Before we go any further, we'll begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the desperation that we see in Hannah, how she poured her soul before you, Lord, in supplication, and how you paid attention to her prayer. Father, we know that you've taught us that you're not a respecter of persons. Help us to know that if we approach you in the same attitude, we'll get the same results. Father, be with us today. In the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to 1 Samuel chapter 1. The first book of Samuel, chapter 1. Now there was a certain man of Ramathaim Zophim, of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephrathite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Peninnah his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. And she vowed a vow, and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. 
Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. And Elkanah her husband said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good. Tarry until thou have weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode, and gave her son suck, until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, with three bullocks, and one ephah of flour, and a bottle of wine, and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock, and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled Desperations. This was preached in 1963 on September the 1st in the evening. We'll begin at paragraph 93. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Eliezer got desperate when a responsibility was placed upon him, the heart of bride for Isaac. Eliezer of Damascus was a great man. He was favored by Abraham, and he was trusted by Abraham. To go out and hunt a bride, a right type of a bride for his son Isaac, through that would bring forth Christ. Now, Eliezer, being a spiritual man, knowed what it meant. The right kind of a woman had to be that, that man's wife. How would he choose it? In the hour of his desperation. When he arrived at the city, he prayed and said, Lord God, that's the day when you get desperate, go to pray. Lord God, let the first maid that comes forth and waters the camel and gives me a drink be that. He prayed in the hour of his desperation. Rebecca, the beautiful maid, came, watered the camel, and then he said, don't delay me in my way. She had to come to a time of decision. Whether she would go, she was a type of the bride. Would she, would she go and marry a man who she's never even seen? Now, that's a great thing. Never even seen him. Yet she'd only heard by his servant. That's a type of the bride. You've never seen Christ, but you hear by his servants what he is. You sell out everything. Leave your homes, everything else it takes to go to find him. Now, notice. And she made the decision. A type of the bride left her... Denominational home. <laughs> See, they're going. Jonah, thrown overboard in the time of a storm, in the bottom of the sea, in the belly of the whale. All hopes of survival was gone. But it happened to come on his mind that Solomon, in dedicating the temple, said, Lord, if the people be in trouble anywhere, and they'll turn towards this temple and pray then here. And turning over in the belly of the whale, managed to get somewhere to his knees, I imagine, with the bottom of the whale all over him. 
They prayed in desperation. And in that desperate, just a few breaths of oxygen is all he had in the whale's belly. And in that few breaths that he was drawing, maybe he didn't know which way he was to say, Lord, I believe I'm looking up for torture temple. And with just a few breaths to go in desperation, prayed. Under those circumstances, never been done before, but he was desperate. He prayed, and God kept him alive for three days and nights and delivered him at the place to deliver his message. Desperation. Hannah, a barren woman in the Bible, she wanted a son, and she got the fasting for him. And she fasted and prayed until even the priest at the temple thought she was drunk. She was in such desperation with the rest of the women watching what kind of a bonnet the other one had wore. You know how it goes. And the other one seeing what kind of clothes they had on and talking about the things going on on the farm. But not Hannah. She stepped right through the whole crowd and went to the altar. She'd been fasting. She wanted her reproach taken away. What a difference it is. It's almost a reproach to have a child. That it was a, it was a reproach not to have one. And she got on her knees. And she never noticed the dignity of the temple. She never noticed the dignified priest as he walked out. She was in such distress till her tears was rolling down her cheeks. And she was crying in desperation. Oh, Lord, God, give me a son. Give me a son. And notice, she wasn't selfish. When God heard her and answered her prayer and gave her a son... She gave him back to God. And because that she was willing not to be selfish after God had answered her prayer, he gave her a prophet. Amen. <laughs> that was an extra blessing. Oh, he's just full of them. Amen. Those little extra things that he gave. Not only a son, but a prophet. And there had been no open vision for many, many years in Israel. Samuel, the first prophet for many, many years. Because a mother got desperate that she could have no children. And she's past the age of bearing, probably 60, 70 years old. And she prayed with desperation. She must have this child. Why is it? God had spoke to her, no doubt. You can't be desperate until God speaks to you. Oh, church, rise and shake yourself. Paint your conscience. Wake yourself up in this hour. We must be desperate or perish. There's coming forth something from the Lord. Unnoticed, thus saith the Lord. There's coming forth something and we better get desperate. It's between life and death. It'll pass through us and we won't see it. Because that she wasn't selfish, she was given a prophet. The Shunammite woman had a little boy that the prophet and spoke the word of the Lord over her, though she was old and her husband old. They had no children, but she was kind to this, this prophet. And she knew that he was a man of God. She perceived that he was honorable, a real man. He come into the house, her husband not there, and whatever more, he was a holy man. They could see that he was an honorable person. She'd watched him do signs and wonders. She'd heard him tell things that happened. He was an honorable, holy man. She said to her husband, I perceive that this man that stops with us is a holy man. 
the lady of the house, she knew that he was a holy man. And she built a little house out there for him so he wouldn't be embarrassed. He could come by when he wanted to and so forth. She put a, a little bed out there and a, and a jug of water and so forth so he could wash himself and have something to drink. And she'd probably send a maid out or somebody, the butler, with, with some food to feed him and come by and bid the, the day to him or something. And so when Elijah saw this kindness done to him, and it's written, what you do to my little ones, you do it to me. So uh, she saw that the woman was honoring God as she honored this prophet, as she seen God in the prophet. And so uh, she wanted nothing for it. It wasn't her heart for anything. She just done it because she loved God. She didn't do it for any blessing. She just done it. Now, now Elijah said, go ask her, shall I speak to the king for her? I'm a personal friend. Or the chief captain, I, I know him real well. There's some favor, something I could do for her. I want to give her something for a while. She's been to me. She's, she's fed me. She's let me sleep in the beds. And, and she's been real nice to us. Now, what can I do? She said, no, I just roll among my people. We're, we're well off. We have a living. And that's all. We don't need nothing. And Gehazi said to him, but she doesn't have any children. No more Gehazi saw it. No doubt the prophet saw a vision. For he said, thus saith the Lord. Go tell her. In the proper time or the proper time, a year from now, she'll embrace a son. And the son was born. When he's about 12 years old, how that old couple must have loved this little boy, their only child. And one day he's out cutting wheat with his daddy. Must have been about the middle of the day. He had a sunstroke, I suppose, because he began to holler in my head. He got sicker and sicker. His daddy had taken him from the field. And it's such an emergency there that he sent a servant and sent him in. The mother held him on her lap until noontime, and he died. Notice, her only child that had been given to her by the Lord through the prayer and the promise of a prophet, and thus saith the Lord. She knew there was something wrong somewhere. It just wouldn't work. How would God give her that son and let her, her love come to that baby? Yet she never asked for it. She was too old to have it. The hand of God had to pronounce it. A man spoke at the prophet, and there this baby in this condition had died, her only son. So she said to the servant, Saddle me a mule, and you ride, and don't you stop. If anybody tries to stop me, don't you say a word. And you drive straight to Mount Carmel, up there in a cave somewhere pulled back. There's a servant of the Most High God. The one who told me, thus saith the Lord, will have the baby. I want to know why God did this. So he said, go straight forward and don't check that mule. Let him run. This is hard as everything's in him. Let him run till you get there. Desperation. Yeah. Elijah the prophet raised up. Looked and said, here comes that Shunammite. And she said, something wrong with her. God's kept it from me. I don't know what's wrong. He said, go meet her. I got this hurry. There's something wrong. Desperation set in on the prophet. Desperation on the woman. See, they were coming together. One wanting to know what the word of the Lord was, and the other didn't know what the word of the Lord was. Here you are. One wanting to know it, the other didn't know it. The woman wanted to know it, and the prophet didn't know it. Said, God's kept it from me. I don't know what to tell her when she gets here. So she's almost there then. He raised up his hand. He said, Is all well with thee? All well with thy husband? Is all well with the child? Now the woman had reached the end of her desperation. She said, all is well. Hallelujah. 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 
Glory! Amen. All is well. Her desperation is over. She had found the servant of the law. If he hadn't been there, she'd still been in desperation. But you see, he was there. She said, all is well. Elijah thought, well, what's going on now? So she ran up and fell down at his feet. That looked kind of uncommon. So Gehazi just lifted her up. He said, let her alone. Don't do that. Elijah said to his servant, don't do that. Let her alone. There's something wrong. God keeps it from him. Then she revealed to him that the baby was dead. Now the prophet didn't know what to do. He said, Gehazi, take this staff that I've walked on. He knew that whatever he touched was blessed. Because it wasn't him, it was God in him. He knew who he was. He knew that he was a prophet. So he picks up this staff and said, Gehazi, you take this and you go and lay it upon the child. And if anybody speaks to you, you get desperate. And don't you sleep nobody and let go. Just keep going on. Don't speak to nobody. Put it up on the child. But the woman, that didn't end her desperation. That didn't satisfy what she come for. She said, as the Lord God lives, I'm, I'm not going to leave you until you go minister to the child. And Elijah got desperate. Here he went. Down the road, him and the woman. And when they got there, the, all the people were out in the yard screaming and crying. And the woman had done the most appropriate thing could be done. She tucked the baby and laid him on the bed where Elijah had laid him. Yeah, that was as good as the staff. And he didn't wake up there so the thing wouldn't work. <laughs> she wanted to know something different. The prophet went in. Now he's in desperation. Now what's he going to do? And we find in the Bible that he walked up and down the floor. <laughs> Desperate. I don't know nothing else to do, Lord. Here I am. You told me to speak that to that woman, and thus saith the Lord, and it's exactly the way I told her, because you told me. Now, there she's in trouble, and I don't know what to do. There lays a dead boy. What can I do, Lord? No doubt the Holy Spirit said, if the God is in you, then lay yourself on the baby. First thing you know, he stopped. Run, put his hands upon his hands. His nose upon its nose. His lips upon its lips. And when he laid himself over it, the baby sneezed seven times. Desperation was over. The baby come to life. Because the desperation drove the woman to the prophet and desperation drove the prophet to the baby. And desperation, both of them drove God on the scene. With love of God and love for his people brought the love of God down and threw faith out on the battlefront and the work was done. Case closed. Amen. That's it. Desperation does it. Certainly, she wasn't going to leave. Blind Barnabas thought Jesus was going to pass him by. Sitting out there at the gate, blind, beggar for alms. The first thing you know, he heard a noise. Jesus is passing by. He said, who passes by? Somebody shoved him down. He said, please, somebody, who's passing by? One of them, maybe a kind little disciple woman, said to him, said, sir, don't you know who that is passing by? No, I hear some of them say there's a whole graveyard full of dead people up here. If you raise the dead, go raise them. Is it a blasphemer or somebody? No. Have you ever heard of that prophet of Galilee, that young prophet called Jesus of Nazareth? No. Well, you know, in the Bible it says in our scrolls that the son of David will be raised up to sell That's him. Is that him? Is that him? 
but he's passing by. Desperation drove him to scream, Oh, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others are calling, do not pass me by. Oh, Jesus, some of them said, shut up. You make too much noise. But he was desperate. If he got by, he might never have another opportunity. We might not either. This might be the last night. Desperation, he screamed out. Oh, Jesus. No matter who told him to stop, he cried just the same. That much more louder. When they told him to shut up, it made him get louder. He was desperate. Nobody could stop him. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And he screamed in desperation. And the Son of God, with the sins of the world upon his shoulders, going to Jerusalem to be offered up right then for a sacrifice for the world, stopped in his tracks. Desperation. A despairing cry stopped the Son of God. He said, what would you have me do for him? Oh, he said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. He said, go your way, your faith saves you. That was enough. Desperation. When desperation is to receive something, the faintest little touch, faith grabs it. Okay? He didn't say, now, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, just a minute, let me see if I can see now. I've never been seeing my hands for many years, let's see if I can see it. I don't see nothing yet. When Jesus said, thy faith has saved thee, that was enough. And that's all he wanted. Desperation calls for a subject. And when the subject, no matter how faint it is, it's received, it's believed right there because faith catches when desperation is pushing it. See? Love in there mixes with it and brings it to it. Desperation does. Blind Barnabas caught the vision quickly. Peter is all steamed up one night on the sea when he got in desperation and he began to cry out, there's something wrong. I see a spirit come walking to me. The ship was about to go down. He said, if it be you, Lord, bid me come to you on the water. And he stepped down out of the ship and started. And he got scared when he got started. And he started to sink in desperation. Though a mistake in trying to follow the commandments of God. And I hope the church gets that. The man was doing what God told him to do. Amen. Now you Christians tonight, you're in the line of duty trying to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And a cancer grabs you. Or a, a death grabs you. The cancer, too much, or whatever it is. In the line of duty, you have the same right that Peter had. Lord, save me or I'll perish. Amen. In desperation, he called out and a hand reached and picked him up. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You have the same name. But he screamed out, Save me, Lord. Amen. He heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me and I safe am I. That's it. When you cry out, maybe this woman, mother, whatever it was to her little son or grandson or nephew whatever it was cried out in despair God heard then we find out that in the sinking God heard him in the line of duty he started to sink he failed no matter if you fail that don't have nothing to do with it we all fail we're a failure to begin with 
But we got somebody standing down with a strong hand who can reach us and take us above the water. If you made a mistake, some woman made a mistake, some man made a mistake, some boy, girl made a mistake, don't shrink. Scream out. In despair, the Lord save me or I'll perish. Get desperate about it. God will hear you. He always hears a desperate soul. That's what I'm trying to tell you about. Our dear Lord, Jesus Himself, in the world's greatest battleground, Gethsemane, He cried out in despair. Should He take the sins of the world or should He just remain on earth with His beloved disciples, what He wanted to do? But what's His humility as He humbled Himself? Not my will, but thine be done. Humble himself to the word, the promised word of the God of heaven. Notice, then he went a little further. And if he went a little further, how much more ought we to go a little further? And notice, the scripture says here in Luke that he prayed earnestly. Brother and sister, if Jesus had to pray earnestly, how much more have we got to pray earnestly? If Christ, the God of heaven, made flesh, had to pray earnestly, then how much more are we, sinners saved by grace, pray earnestly? If, if the decision throw the Son of God into despair, what will it do to you and I? Desperately, we must cry. God in these last days has manifested Himself so to us by His great signs and power should make us desperate. That's right. And is willing to heal us and save us or to throw us all into desperation to get to that healing stone. That's right. Look, if Florence Nightingale, the great granddaughter of the late Florence Nightingale that founded the Red Cross, you see her picture in her book. Weighed about 30 pounds. Cancer would eat her up in London, England. They brought her from Africa. London, England. And there, in despair, Brother Bosworth wrote back to her and said, We can't come to Africa. She stroked back, had a nurse to write and said, I can't be moved. I can't do it. Showed the picture. You've seen the picture. Only we had to put a little piece over it. It just had a small clawed around I thought maybe somebody put in the book might criticize because she was her body was so exposed there and we put a little thing across her here she just had a, a little a rag a towel laying across across her hips but up above there was nothing and even but we thought we put a little piece of paper there and photographed the photograph back to keep people who's not got right kind of a position in their mind of thinking that they wouldn't criticize me putting that picture in the paper and then when the doctor said that she can't be moved. And she knew I was going to visit England. She had them to put her on a stretcher and pack her to a plane and bring her to London, England and send a guard out to the plane before going down to Buckingham Palace, send a guard out there to come pray for her. And she was so far gone until she couldn't even speak to me. They had to raise her hands to put it in mind. You know how London is, some of these soldiers been there, it's always so foggy. And I knelt down there by the side of a window. And she the tears are running off. She wanted to I don't 
know how she even got enough moisture to let tears come. It's just only bone skin over And her, her legs up here at the hips wasn't over about, looked to me like about two inches across or three inches. Her veins was collapsed. How she's living, I don't know. You've seen her picture later. I knelt down by the side of the bed. Now she was desperate. Whether I could come or not, they're going to bring her anyhow. And I got down there. My heart was a bleeding within me. Uh, the faith of that poor little dying creature. And I prayed with all the heart that I had. And while I started to pray, a little turtle dove come through on the window. Begin to walk up and down cooing. I thought it was a pet. I hadn't been in England about an hour just coming from the airport down there. And I thought it was a pet. And when I raised up and said, Amen, it flew away. And I started to ask the brethren, did they hear that dove? And they were talking about it. And when I started to say, did you see what that dove mean? It come out, thus saith the Lord. You'll live and not die. And she's living today. Why? Desperation. Desperation drove the woman to take a stand. Live or die. Desperation. A rage that she got there at the same time I did. And a token from God, he sent a dove to give thus. Desperate. When Sister Hattie Waldorf of Phoenix, Arizona, she's coming up the sidewalk in my first meeting. The intern and her husband's bring her cancer of the heart. She had made her stand to try to get there to the meeting. But she was so bad she was couldn't breathe no more. The blood is dropping back to her heart. Well, the cancer would eat into her heart. Now, cancer of the heart. That's about 18, 19 years ago. Maybe 20. 1947 is when it was. Now, she said to her husband and the intern, If though I die in this life, take me up there. Desperation. She lost conscience. I don't think she was dead. She claimed she was. Now, she might have been. She may hear this tape this evening. Now, I, 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 she, she claimed she was dead. I don't know. They told me she's a dead woman coming up the line. And when the woman come by, she was lifeless. And when they brought her up there, the word of the Lord came. And I went and laid hands upon her, and she rose up and went home walking. Amen. This has been about, I'd say, safely 18 years ago. And she's just as healthy and hearty. She'll be in Tucson to meet me when I get out there. Amen. Desperation. Though I die in the road, still we get me down there. Amen. He healed others. He'll heal me. Willing. Let our hearts be filled with love in this day. And be earnest in a desperation. After a while, it may be too late. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that spoke to us today. Father, may you help us to be desperate in supplication before you, that our faith might rise to the level where we can receive that which we have need of. Father, may you help us, Lord, like Hannah, to be single-minded in in pursuit of, Lord, the promises that you've given us. Not look to the right, to the left, but, Father, to wholeheartedly devote ourselves to presenting our case to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock 
your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
But what about me? 